If you've ever heard the saying that people are doing the best that they can with the skills that they have at the time, it could be especially challenging to apply this to those who have wounded us most deeply. But oftentimes, those are the people most deserving of our compassion. Parents have a responsibility to their children, and parents who hurt, neglect, shame, or otherwise harm us they're, they're not doing their job. But sometimes our parents can't do their jobs at least well because they don't have the resources at their disposal. And even then, they're doing the best that they can. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. Thank you for joining me today and happy Father's Day. Right now I'm recording this, it's the day prior, but I felt very pushed and guided to make this episode for y'all today, and I'm feeling quite (laughs) shaky right now and emotionally charged because to be completely transparent, I've been kind of putting off making this episode. I tend to procrastinate sometimes. I have like a list of things to do and part of me being as avoidant as I am and an anxious individual, I always tend to put the things that aren't really priorities on the top of the list and I'll push off my homework and whatever that really needs to be done towards the end. So I feel like this one's gonna be a little rough, but we're doing this together. Um, And I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you can relate on some level, whether you've lost a parent or not. Today, I went to the cemetery. And if you have never listened before, well, first, welcome and thank you so much for listening. And I lost my father when I was 15 years old. He had cancer and without making this podcast an hour plus long and giving you the whole rundown of my life story. My dad was ill growing up. Um, He had diabetes and then it turned into hepatitis C from the military, which became cancer in his liver and he eventually died in 2010. So Father's Day, sometimes it's hard harder than others. Um, Sometimes I'm okay and other times I'm a little bummed, you know, and being that I am extremely spiritual, I will say that I've been working on forgiving not just my father, but my relationship with my parents and my birth parents as I was adopted and ultimately myself. And as someone that's clairsentient and clairaudient, my father does come through periodically to me most of the times it is in dreams and I know that my father is sorry and I do know that he really loves me so although I've had a little bit of closure I don't think anyone can really die at the perfect time there's never a good time to lose someone even if you see it coming and my father was in hospice the last couple of weeks or days I don't really remember it's all a blur and even though I could have saw it coming and prepared, I was so young and, oh boy, here comes the tears. 
I was so young and sometimes I beat up on myself because I was like, Lauren, why didn't, why weren't you nicer to your dad? Why'd you push him away? Why weren't you affectionate to him? You know, and it's hard for me to sympathize and have empathy for myself sometimes because I said, you could have done so much better and you could have had such a great relationship with your dad and not feel this way, not feel this regret or this resentment mostly towards myself. But not too long ago, I actually found a letter in my mom's bathroom of when I was maybe in middle school. And I I wrote her a letter that was really disturbing about how I was afraid of daddy. And I said, why is daddy so angry? Daddy scares me. I don't want to be around daddy. So I think a lot of times in our minds, particularly if you've ever had a a tumultuous or turbulent relationship with anyone, a parent, a spouse, a sister, a brother, whatever, we tend to put these rose-colored glasses on and see it a lot differently than it actually was. So I just wanted to touch on that and my experience a little bit today, talk about absent fathers and losing a parent and healing the the daddy wound, quote-unquote. So... My relationship with my dad, um, it was complicated. I don't ever really know how to describe it. I was close to my father in the fact that he was my softball coach. I played competitive softball for my whole childhood, essentially. But I remember always being very um, resistant to, to getting close to him because he was so ill that it it just bothered me. It it troubled me. And it was a traumatic relationship, even though I didn't grow up uh, being neglected. I had my basic needs met, but that I've come to realize isn't enough to have a healthy childhood. Um, You need more than just your basic needs met. My dad was physically present, I'd say 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time he was in the hospital in and out of doctor's offices. My mom was never really emotionally available either because she was always tending to my dad. She was his caretaker, caregiver. Um, so it was, it was hard. I, you know, my entire life until I was 15 was watching my dad be sick and slowly perish and just waiting for him to die. Um, it was really unpredictable. And he couldn't be present because he was so chronically terminally ill, you know? Um, And I was afraid of him because it was like I was walking on eggshells and just waiting for the metaphorical shoe to drop. You know, my father wasn't a bad man. Um, I do have tremendous love for him, but I do think that because of the circumstances, he wasn't able to give me the love or the support that I truly needed and deeply craved from him, especially as a, I don't want to call myself an indigo child, but a highly sensitive kid. You know, we have special needs, I want to say, if that's not too far of a reach. But my dad was sometimes not as accepting as I think would have been ideal. Um, He did used to call me fat and criticize my appearance and call me thunder thighs. And 
would threaten me and intimidate me. And he, I never want to say I was physically abused because I think back then, you know, it's different with Gen Z, but I'm a millennial. And back then our parents were baby boomers. And for me, I don't want to make excuses, but he was a hundred percent Italian. He had the shoe and, and the belt and the backhand and he did it as his parents did. He disciplined me and raised me and treated me the way that I'm assuming his parents raised and treated him. And this doesn't mean it's okay. Um, I always have this like mix of gaslighting myself because my whole life I've been told I'm too sensitive and dramatic and over-exaggerating. So I don't want to make it out to be any worse than it really was. But... Um, I don't know what to call it sometimes. You know, I want to let people know that the father wound is real. Um, If your dad or the main male figure in your life was unaffectionate or unapproved of everything, was absent or missing, was unreliable, you know, stepping in, stepping out, you might seek love and affection um, sometimes from an an older partner, you know, that father figure. You might lead a life of extreme people-pleasing and codependency and fear of rejection. Um, You might push your partner away. You might smother them sometimes. You could be attracted to drama and chaos and just feel inherently unworthy of love. And for me, this has led to codependency and a deep fear of abandonment and rejection Even though I say I'm an anxious avoidant, you know, I think a lot of it stems from feeling unworthy or not good enough and um, just low self-esteem and low confidence overall. Um, I recently read a quote that said, you don't have daddy issues, you have a perfectly valid father wound that is asking for your healing. And sometimes I'm guilty of this. I joke I have daddy issues, but... I really see it like how it has led me to engage in this pattern of being the martyr um, and acting like a masochist sometimes, so desperate for love and attention that I will repeatedly and continually and quite obviously abandon myself to be approved of and accepted by others. And this is significantly more so with men than it is with women, although I talk a lot on the show about my mom and narcissistic mothers and things like that. So it's kind of like this perfect storm. Um, And recently I've seen that I have so much shame around my, the progress I've made and my process of healing and the pace at which I'm going because I feel like I'm not healing good enough or fast enough. And, and sometimes I get so frustrated because I feel like I'll never be able to have a healthy relationship or be in a long-term relationship with a man because of my traumas. You know, I have so much resentment against men and I even find that at times I become furious or so like discouraged with Nick, my boyfriend, for the simple fact that he is a man. And I hope you all know that I try to be as inclusive as possible. Um, I do consider myself part of the LGBTQIA plus queer community. And uh, just letting you know, you do not need to be a man 
to have a penis and vice versa. So I just wanted to get that out there, disclaimer. But going back, (laughs) it's this story I tell myself that I can't trust men, even if they've earned my trust, because it's only a matter of time before they disappoint me or betray me or leave me. And it's this story that, frankly, I'm working to drop because I just can't fucking win. And I think part of my self-sabotage loves that because either way, no matter how hard I try, it's just setting myself up for failure. So let's talk about complicated grief. Um, Complicated grief. Mm. This is something I went through, um, particularly in a relationship from 2016. So complicated grief is like being in an ongoing heightened state of mourning that keeps you from healing. And this could include like intense sorrow and pain and rumination over the loss of your loved one. And this confused me because I felt like from my abusive relationship back in 2016, I felt like that was harder to get over. I felt like it was harder for me to get over this person who was incredibly violent and unhealthy and dysfunctional and toxic, more so than my own father, because it felt like for the first time after my dad, I actually found a man who I saw potential in to love me. I made him out to be like this saving grace, knight in shining armor figure who could take me away on his white horse. And and I put him up on this glorified pedestal that came crashing down so hard that in the end, I was completely devastated um, to the point where I couldn't even find it in myself to want to live anymore if it meant living without him. And I tried to salvage and save the relationship and self-sacrifice. I did everything I thought was in my power to help him. And I realized after years of denial that I just couldn't. I had nothing left to give. And I ultimately had to let that relationship die, which was immensely difficult for me to accept. But, you know, I think that when we can appreciate death, we can appreciate life. And not just in terms of breakup, but it isn't until we can accept that letting go and releasing surrender is necessary that we can appreciate the true meaning of life and the seasons and impermanence and change because these things are inevitable and and necessary. My dad was sick and growing up, it was chaotic that I was essentially drawn to people who needed healing or I thought that it was my responsibility to help them or fix them. It's developed into this chaotic, hectic, dramatic pattern of only feeling love, quote unquote, when people were emotionally unavailable or not 100% present, or I would see them as superior to me and I was inferior to them. So there was no equity. You know, I saw that as proof that they were better than me. So I tried and I lusted after them and I longed for them. I associated pain and struggle with love and it became this chase that I could never quite win so now that I have a man that treats me like an equal and is kind and is sweet and compassionate and available you know he's looking for true intimacy and real love 
I'll admit I have absolutely no fucking clue what to do with it or, or how to navigate our relationship. The other day, I heard you will only love people the same way they love you. And damn, (laughs) that hit home because I recognize how extraordinarily critical I am with myself and berating myself over not being perfect. And I can see how I place those perfectionistic expectations on other people too. This could, for me at least, it results in me being so implosive. Um, And this whole chaser, runner dynamic, this whole push and pull thing I got going on where... I always leave before I'm left. I have to reject you before you can reject me so that I can prove myself right and I don't feel like a fool. It's this whole toxic confirmation bias shit that I have going on that I've internalized. And today, particularly, Nick is at a funeral and I can understand that. But I found that my abandonment wound was especially triggered today because we haven't really talked the last two days because understandably he's going through a loss and he's grieving and he's mourning and he needs space. I thought it was perfect to talk about this right now then because I'm kind of like in it. Um, Yesterday I went to a Codependence Anonymous meeting, which I used to go to back in, I think, 2017. I went to a couple And even I'm checking out right now Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, which I wouldn't say I'm a sex addict, um, but I kind of check the boxes for a lot of behaviors and, and, you know, reactions that people who are codependent and love addicts um, fall into. So I guess I'll wrap this up uh, by saying that losing a parent or anyone can be extremely difficult and even trigger past losses and it's complex and it's complicated and it's messy because of the range and the mix of emotions from relief to sorrow to anger and for me it's been about learning to cope with and ultimately accept and understand and allow these feelings in order to heal and come to terms with grieving the loss of the parent and the childhood that I never did get to have. So I will end this here, kind of short and sweet, before I just ramble on and ramble on, which I do all the time. Um, So I hope you have a happy Father's Day. And if you don't have a father in your life, a father figure, I hope you just have patience with yourself. I hope you find some solace and some peace in this episode. And I hope that together we can heal. And you know that I'm right there with you, rooting for you, holding your hand. So if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, rate, subscribe, share. Reach out to me on Instagram at Sex and Spirituality Pod. I have a new episode that is in the works. It hasn't officially launched, but I will include it in the show notes. I'm working on it, having services for y'all. And I hope you can connect with me because I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much for listening. I love you and I hope you have a sexy day.